All right, everybody. Hey, yeah, here we are, Katie. Uh, welcome to KVN Live. Running right on time, about 825. We appreciate y'all being patient with us. Uh, Russ has been burning up the highways. We can kind of get to, get to that here in a little bit. But uh, thanks for joining us. We got Ryan Lehman up there. I'm Jeff Malott. Uh, we are your host, of course, and we're glad to welcome, long overdue, this is Russ's first appearance on, on KVN Live. It is. Probably the number Probably one, bad. without a doubt, number one angler out there if we did the rankings today. Uh, Russ Snyder oh, sure. coming on with us. We appreciate you, sir. Yeah, I appreciate you know having me on. I know we tried a couple other times and kept getting schedule conflicts or something. Something happened. So I don't know so how you dodged the bullet this long, really man. That's that's it. impressive. Yeah, you're so lucky. <laughs> you're lucky you stayed out of the cesspool that long, man. Congrats. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you guys so are watching, you've, uh... go ahead, Jeff. No, nah, so if you guys are watching, drop a comment so we know you're in there. Uh, crowd starting to build a little bit, so we appreciate y'all. But go ahead, Ryan. Talk about that. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, you you've been you've been killing it since. What was your what started your hot streak last year? It was in the it was in the fall state championship. On, yeah, uh, was that the beginning day. of the end? Yeah, I, <laughs> it seems like you pretty much you've cleaned house and everything that you fished since then. Just about, I had a little bit of a roll where I, I won a few, I think four or five in a row, and then. Uh, you know, slacked off a little bit. Still, still got a couple check. You know, squeaked in a couple checks with that with the Logan Martin Bassmaster, and then the yeah, then the Bassmaster at Lake Fork. Uh, you know, that's all the tournaments. That's that's all the tournaments we've had this year. So this man, this man just said <laughs> pretty much hit the brakes. This man just said squeaked in, and he got to walk the stage at the Bassmaster Classic. <laughs> or the nice squeaked in <laughs> ninth place. That's good. I can't complain. I can't yeah, complain. Man. It was, it was cool. Um, but yeah, lately it just, uh, looks like our, finally our local tournaments are, are starting up again. Hopefully some of these bigger, more, you know, regional national events get going here soon too. Just kind of waiting on hearing about the, I guess the Hobies, the next one we're kind of trying to figure out maybe. Kentucky Lake. Kentucky yeah. Lake. Yeah. Yeah. So. We're having the Bass Nation event down here on Chick in a couple of weeks. If you want to slide down, I heard I would have done it. I had to rather the weekend free because I was going to do the you know Bassmaster Chickamauga, and then uh, yeah. I actually have a guide trip. I'm doing a river guide trip with a father and a couple sons. Uh, I think it's yeah, it's Memorial Day weekend, so we're going to do a two day switch trip it up and just guide them. guide them on Chickamauga. Yeah. <laughs> There's no rules against that. Just, yeah. You can you can guide yeah, in a tournament. That's off, fine. Maybe. You don't need those fish anyway. Yeah. Let them catch them. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I wish I could. It should sounds like fun. It's a great time to to be down there too. And uh, I don't know. I might sneak off to Chickamauga. I guess I won't be able to do that tournament, unfortunately. But I'll hopefully try to sneak out there and uh, maybe do a couple upgrades for my monthly uh, monthly tournaments that I'm in. You know, before we go any further, Ryan, he was being kind of humble about, yeah, I've been doing all right on a little streak. And I'm going to throw up this graphic. I got the graphic from Tourney X that I was queued up just for this, and I'm going to read it off. So starting back in October, Cast Championship first, KBF Trail Lacrosse first, the 10 first. There's one in the middle I want to get to. Hubby BOS, Lake Fork first. Logan Martin, ninth out of 222. Lake Fork again back in the top 20 out of 150, and then second at the KBF or KBF in ten, Tennessee season opener. So, wow. I mean, what a streak, Russ. But right, now, 
Right in the middle there, maybe the most important one. First annual $20 Make You Holler winner take all, <laughs> Dust Till Dawn. What is, what is that? That was, you know, after the uh, the 10 <laughs> tournament that we had down there, Kissimmee, which we had a great time down there. And, uh, you know, everybody, we all we really got to connect. And I made, you know, some new friendships with uh, really getting to know Matt Scotch. Uh, and Cody Milton even, even better. I spent a little bit of time with him before, but just that whole experience down there uh, at the 10, you know, kind of carried over, and we're still uh, we're still just kind of amped up, you know, ready to fish some more. We had a few days to, to spare, and we, yeah, we went down to a buddy of mine. I had a buddy of mine that was down in uh, Fellsmere. Uh, we crashed at, at his place. He's got a little piece of property uh, down there, so we crashed there and just did a bunch of fishing at Keenansville and, and uh, Stick Marsh a little bit, and uh, yeah, so it's just this guy, I think it was me, Cody, Josh, uh, Matt, and Gene, uh, Gene Jensen, and one of the local kids, really nice guy, I forget his name, uh, but uh, younger guy, but he fished a few other guys, but it was just a little, you know. Okay. A little turkey shoot, I guess you call. It. That's what we used to call it. this little twenty dollar tournament. And a, but, yeah, it was a bunch uh, of hammers. It sounds like though, wasn't a bunch of. It slackers. was, yeah. It was a stacked field. I didn't, you know, we were fishing out there the day before. Everybody else was crushing them. And I was actually struggling. I was like, man, I'm gonna get my ass kicked. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I ended up yeah finding a couple. It was fun. They got big ones down there. That's for sure. You ever get the chance to to fish some of those lakes and. Uh, yeah, I should probably do it now because I hear they just opened up or they're just opening up the, the boat ramp at Fellsmere to the big boats. Now. It's not open yet. Dude, Ryan just right? got back. Like a, a I just got back. Oh, that's where you were. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. I know you're down in Florida. I didn't realize you were yep. down there. Cool. Oh, it was Fellsmere, man. I love that place. It's it's amazing, yeah. Dude, I heard a rumor, though, that they're going to open the ramp. They're still talking about not opening that enhanced area in the back that's supposed to be just, you know, loaded. Really? Uh, they're t- they're talking about back. still keeping it off limits and studying the fit. I mean, I, you know, they're just trying to grow the world record down there. So, <laughs> yeah, right. But they're talking about still keeping it off limits. What does that that's mean? Cool. What does enhanced area mean? What are they, what are they done back there? Doing some government studies. <laughs> yeah, some radiation. DNA enhanced. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean, I think they really – so, Felsmere is just like – it's just huge flats. It's, I mean, it's just, just hydrilla as far as you can see. And uh, in the enhanced area, I think there's some, like, grass islands and, like, scattered grass flats and some deeper holes mm. to kind of make the fish concentrate a little more, from my understanding. I hadn't, I hadn't tiptoed across the line, but I, I thought about it on Thursday, but we had, like, 20-mile-an-hour north winds, and I was mm. like, man, I'm not getting stuck back there. And, <laughs> get rolled up on by a game warden in an airboat and have to explain yeah. my way out of that one. Yeah. Harshman, Harshman throwing shade. It means better. I know what that word means, Harshman. <laughs> get back to work. I know he's at work. So, Russ, fired up. you know, Ryan was talking about your streak. You know, you want to give us – I know you don't want to give me any secrets, but what are the keys to, to something like that? I mean, is there a technique that you've been traveling with that just works? Or are, you, are you just figuring it out as you go? I don't know. I can't explain. I've been tournament fishing for a while, and it, it always seems like, you know, I've had a lot of good days pre-fishing, and it it's just, you know, you, you can almost count on, you know, if you have a good pre-fish, you, you show up tournament day, and the conditions completely change, and you got to start over. Stuff happens. I mean, it's just tournament, no matter, you know, no matter what, and lately, it just, I just keep finding 
these areas and figuring them out and there's nobody else around and I go there tournament day and it just plays out the way you'd hope it would and I, I really can't explain it uh, it's just <laughs> like I guess a, a lot of it's confidence and momentum and, and stuff too and just believing you know a lot of it just I just keeps happening so I just keep thinking you know staying positive and say all right it's, it's gonna eventually happen somehow it, it has been recently so I don't see why it won't this time and uh, I just, yeah, it's been working out. Kind of like I mean, an, it seems like, like an being in the zone, just where everything's well, That's what I was going to say. It seems like, you know, when you, when you get hot, like, depending on how long that streak is, everything you touch is like, you know, you got to fish it. Like that's yeah. like when you win that first one of the season, you better sign up for as many as you can in the area. Cause it seems like you get them all at once. And then when it stops, like, you know, you're back in like. 15th play you know right outside the money like <laughs> yeah. you're still catching some fish yeah. but you you know you're just kind of watching everybody else walk off with the checks i think i mean kurt smith's i think is on a similar streak uh in the in the ob events man it's like yeah. everything he touches turns to gold so we'll see if he continues that at kentucky lake yeah hopefully i can keep with this break you know i was a little worried about just losing my momentum and getting you know but We'll see. I We've been trying to well. still do stuff, local tournaments. That way, you don't get rusty. Because yeah, I mean, you will live a little. You know, I did that, and then I did the uh, just our first season opener. Uh, it was supposed to be about a month ago during the KBF Lanier, but then that KBF got canceled, and then uh, uh, our tournament that got rescheduled for this past weekend. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm old Hickory, and I. I, I do pretty well at that lake as long as I can, you know, fish shallow and, and power fish and cover water. And I usually feel pretty comfortable. So, um, so yeah, it's nice to, to be at least getting back after the, the, the tournaments and getting back into the swing of things. And uh, hopefully it continues. And yeah, we can do some more of these regional ones. And like, like I said, I've been doing a lot of projects, just <coughs> things around the house, and just kind of taking care of all the stuff that you know I probably I definitely wouldn't have been able to have if we. Uh, I kept kept up, you know, what my schedule was supposed to be like. So it's good to get all those things kind of behind me. I, I just uh, picked up my bass boat actually from uh, from the shop. I haven't, I haven't, you know, it's been sitting in my driveway for almost a couple of years now. And uh, I just since you know this kayak thing's really taken off. I I just kind of put that to the side. It hasn't been running. You know, I had a, had a messed up lower unit. So I, last year I found a new motor for it, but cosmetically it was all messed up. So I just got the seats and the carpet and the gel coat done. So, uh, yeah, Brand new. Just, I've been driving all over. Just picked it up in Knoxville and hopefully going to be putting it up for sale here and, and getting rid of that. And uh, So, yeah, if I can do that, that'll be a, a big kind of weight off my shoulders and I think the more that's another. I think that's another big part of the success too for tournament fishing is just not having the things to worry about, not having you know whether it's family stuff or work stuff or, or just you know it's hard to if you can't concentrate on on the task at hand and uh, and really being able to put 100 percent of your focus you know to the fishing and while you're on the water and off the water, uh, it's hard to perform well. And, uh, throughout my life, I can really think back of. You know, times that I've, I've done well tournament fishing kind of correlates to times where I've kind of had a stress-free life when, I, you know, not a lot not a lot going on to worry about. And it seems there's times in my life where I, I do have a lot I'm stressing out about. It, it, you know, kind of shows through the tournament fishing I don't do as well. So 
So that's a big part of it, and that's the one thing I really, you know, took advantage, you know, tried to make the best of with all this stuff going on is just get as much stuff as I can taken care of so I just have less less worries when I get back to these tournaments. You know, I listened to a Bass Talk Live the other day. Tim Borden was on there, uh, and he brought up his early success tournament fishing was he really attributed it to the fact that he had nothing else going on, that he was laser-focused just on tournament fishing. He wasn't. He didn't have family yet. He didn't have any other distractions, and he was just locked in. So, you know, gives yeah. a lot of valid validity to what you just said, Russ. Oh, yeah. So we got a couple comments coming in. Uh, Dwayne Beatty, who was recently voted the hottest man in Arkansas, he uh, says, go take those boat guys' money. So apparently he doesn't like fishing against you. And uh, Clifton Allen wants to know, you know, with hot streaks – you know, be honest, could you beat Conrad Benetti's ass at a one-on-one -on -one online tournament? I don't know if you know who Conrad Benetti is, because you fish a lot of live tournaments. Kind of start seeing it. He's, he's down in Florida, right? He those, <laughs> he's a new personality here on KBN recently. Uh, he's fishing the KBBT, the bracket deal, and he talks crazy shit. Like, he's, like, making graphics and all kinds of stuff. And he is hilarious. I like I like messing with the guy, but he's down in Florida. Like he's down in the freaking, you know, the Mecca that's just cranking out giants every day. And, and, you know, I guess he thinks that everywhere in the world is like, I don't know. Like that's, uh, it's tough. You think you could do that? Or would you just go down there to Florida and fish? I mean, it would be hard to compete with, I mean, the lakes, we got some good lakes around here, but you know, if you're trying to, it's kind of like the five live thing too, that I was doing, you know, I was kind of stuck here with some crappy weather and, uh, you know, lakes are, yeah, it's kind of long story. I tried to fish an area, didn't have good cell phone service. So then I didn't, I didn't have it. That was my only day I had to pre-fish. So I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll just go to Percy Priest then. I guess I know there's good service Ooh, here. That's, that's tough. You know, you're fishing against guys that are. <laughs> yeah, you guys you know, are driving across state lines. That's tough. Man. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So trying to compete with somebody down in, in that Bellsmere area, it's, it's not an easy yeah. I offered to go fish against him live on the same water while I was down there. I'm like, All right, yeah. we'll meet up and we'll fit. Yeah, we'll fish for some money while we're down here. Uh, and yeah. that wasn't cool enough. I didn't. Apparently, I don't have the balls to enter the online tournament. So we could have straight that right here, right? I don't know this, many of my Tennessee waters that I can bet on cranking out 110 inches. <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't, I mean, there's good fishing here. I'm not saying that. But 105 is uh, doable. 105 is doable out here. But it's a big 102 and a half is my best day so far. Yeah. Get, you know, some 22, I, 23 inches. The 21 is hard to get predictable. Get those out here. The, one, the one impressive thing about that bracket is the Jonathan Peppin dude. That's in the final four of that with all he lives up in Michigan, all smallies, I guess. Really? I like that. Yeah, so he's like in there. Style. He's in there against the, the Southern boys, a couple of Texas guys and Florida guys. I mean, that's the thing about smallmouth, though. Like here, you know, when the smallmouth are right, we've got about a six to eight week period. If you catch a smallmouth, most of them are between 18 and 21 inches, the adult smallies that move up. So. I mean, putting up a mid nineties limit is is a guarantee when you get out of bed that morning. But to break a hundred is, you know, mm -hmm. it's rare yeah. that you're getting those twenty two inch plus smallmouth. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a big jump for sure. You've been you've been the smallmouth king lately, man. I've been seeing those. Man, I, this is my favorite time of year, dude. <laughs> I love it. Don't don't get Ryan started. He thought he was going to get a seventy five thousand dollar check because of the smallmouth. Just didn't work out. 
Yeah. I was I getting know, something. I, I don't know if it had been the whole 75, <laughs> but it was going to be a little bit. Yeah, oh, well. I bet. <laughs> yeah, I know you're looking forward to it, and you caught, you know, you caught the fist and stung. Through your point. Yeah. I would have. They ain't there in October, though, huh? No. no. <laughs> no they, they're not. They're not there today. <laughs> like oh, they, really? Yeah, they roll out, man. They uh, After they spawn, they're, they're gotcha. back out in the middle of the river. Gotcha. Really they get on those ledges and those bars out there at all? They do, but see, they're scattered. Like they're, they'll, they'll be scattered all up and down the river. You can catch them concentrated in the spring. They're, they're scattered on like the rock piles where the buoys are and bridge pilings. Like they're just they're scattered. All up and down the river. So, yeah, I mean, you can catch a couple, but you're not going to go out there and, and smash 100 inches of smallmouth. Gotcha. Kind of disappointing. I mean, even if you did fish just for them, you'd have to cover seven or eight miles <laughs> that day of river just to, to get five. So, well, tricky. Yeah. It's hard. Up. I've been up up in that area. It's it's tricky to, to fish, especially uh, if you have a torpedo, it makes it earlier, just easier. I got one. Currents. Dude, it's on yeah. the way. I'm going to do it. I made up my mind. I'm gonna, I'm going to join the torpedo tribe. All right, Sorry, again. Jeff. Sorry, right. man. Hey, man, that's all right. Hey, hey, you know what? Let's bring something else up that came up came up on that post I made the other day about the best five anglers in your state, just kind of a little post to get people talking. Uh, and right off the bat, Ryan listed the guys from Tennessee and some other people did too. Uh Russ, do you attribute any of your success to having to go against those guys just in the state of Tennessee all the time and keep your career oh, yeah. sharp? Because I mean, never, you know, the only loaded. way you're going to become the best is to compete against the best and just kind of, uh, you know, compete against. You have good competition. You're just going to have to step up. Makes everybody have to step up their game and uh, just makes you a little more fired up and uh, work that much harder to, to, you know, if that's what you got to do. If you don't, somebody else will. So I mean, Lord, Tennessee's a Probably if you listed 10 people, it'd be a common thing to see all those people on a top 10 list anywhere at a, at a tournament. Yeah, I mean, just in our club, you know, we've got, we've got between me, Josh, uh, Stuart, and Adam Reiser, it's, you know, our, our club, it's, it's yeah. a lot of, you know, challenging place to get yeah. a check. Same thing down in Texas. Katie just said that. I mean, same thing yeah. down in Texas. Oh, yeah. Yep. Our state championship's pretty pretty competitive it's yeah. it's pretty stacked it's not the not the bunch you want to draw randomly to go to go fish against in the morning yeah it's, we're getting more clubs it seems every year and better better turnout i mean it's uh yeah we really got a good thing going here in tennessee uh yeah. that, that's for sure yeah dylan dylan just mentioned arkansas and now arkansas has got a pretty good pretty salty list at the top five with cody and, and Dwayne and garrett morgan and some of those guys so but yeah. uh it's just the sheer numbers of anglers that come out of tennessee and texas it's pretty impressive numbers of quality anglers. Yeah, we're we'll trying, Jeff. We're we'll trying. Uh, I've been enjoying living here. I've been here about eight years now, and um, yeah, it's just it's phenomenal fishing. Just so centrally located too, which makes it easy for for traveling around uh, for all these tournaments too. It's just about anywhere you know you can get in a day's drive in this part of the country. So, give us some history on you. Like, how did you get started fishing? Like, you didn't start out obviously kayak fishing so how did you make that transition uh i guess i grew up in the the san francisco bay area and i you know i do camp i did a little bit of you know the cool thing about living out there is just all kinds of fish i did a little bit of saltwater fishing in the bay i'd catch stripers and sharks and stingrays and 
you know, my dad bought a little Zodiac raft. So I was, I was used to fishing out of like little tiny boats, you know, it's similar to a kayak. This thing is only 10 foot and put a little trolling motor on it and a little six horsepower Johnson and a cooler. And there's, you know, between that and the battery, the gas thing, we only had, you know, one square foot to stand on between me and my dad. And uh, we do little, uh, you know, bass boat tournaments and that be competing against, uh, it was like a, a amateur series, so it was all and there's horsepower categories. So it was like zero to a hundred horsepower, and we'd be competing against essentially just a bunch of bass trackers and stuff. So that was, I guess, my first real tournament experience. And then from there, I uh, yeah ended up uh, you know saving up a little money for a used bass boat, and uh, I kind of just jumped right into you know the the highest level tournaments that I, I could at the time. Um, the West Coast is a little different. It has kind of their own like pro-am circuits. There's uh, a few, you know, one bass and angler's choice at the time. And, uh, you know, you do those, you pay $400 for an entry and first place would be, you know, $30,000 boat. It's, it's a pretty cool deal. They don't really have anything like that in the country anymore, but I do some of those tournaments, do some of the Bassmaster Opens and uh, I had some, some success and some, you know, a lot of times I get my butt kicked too, but, uh, <laughs> I had some good finishes, but, uh, eventually I got kind of burnt out of it and just, uh, I turned my, uh, turned my attention to guiding and, uh, spent a little time guiding that kind of all over Northern California, but Clear Lake, uh, Berryessa, California Delta, Sonoma, kind of the main ones. And, um, did that for a while, but you know, it became hard to, to really make a living at that for me too, because uh, at the time, it was right at the time where gas was at, at its absolute peak, and I was paying close to five dollars a gallon. And then, I mean, everything in California is more expensive between the registration, the insurance. I mean, shoot, to go to Lake Berryessa, you know, we'd have to cross a couple bridges. You pay bridge tolls. I'd pay forty dollars in bridge tolls for the day between the the Bay Bridge and the, the Carquinas Bridge, just some bridge tolls, and there'd be a launch. So anyways, it, it got hard to kind of do anything sustainable, and, and uh, eventually I decided, you know, I need to get the heck out of California and go to a place where it just makes a little more sense. Um, yeah, so that's, that's why I moved out to Tennessee. I had a couple friends that I grew up with, uh, childhood friends, and they, they moved out here about a year before me, and um, you know, they say you should come out here and think you like it, and yeah, it's the best decision I ever made. So I'm, I'm happy to be out here. That's awesome. You're in the right spot now. Oh yeah. I talked to uh, <laughs> Brian Brian Howell on a podcast. He lives down in Texas, really good angler down in Texas, and he moved from California. And he was talking about some of those fees, how wild that was to that. have to pay. Uh, you know, whatever it was to fish certain lakes and, and the bridge tolls. That's crazy. Yeah, they have like well, muscle, muscle inspections. We have to. Uh, it's I can go on and on. It's a big mess. <laughs> they, I mean, they they talk about that able able and Adam and them. You know, getting permitted to to have these tournaments and they only let you launch at like one ramp and you know just all these stuff we're not used to out here because we're on the TVA system where you you know there's a million ramps and nobody really says anything about what you do and I guess out there it's a it's a night and day. Ball game. It's night and day. Every time I go back, you know, I like, I go back there, you know, once or twice a year, uh, visit family and uh, try to line up a few, you know, I'd have a power washing, I'd have a power washing business is basically what, I, what I've been doing since I've, you know, since a teenager, I guess. So uh, it's nice. I can kind of schedule, uh, make my own schedule and kind of turn the business, you know, I keep it simple. So it's just me. So uh, and when I go back to California, I'll knock out a few jobs, do a few fishing trips. But every time I'm back there, 
uh, yeah, I'm just very much reminded of, of how much I, I don't want to move back. But there is there's a lot of great things about there, a lot of great fish and a lot of great people. But um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of time, a lot of outdoorsmen you see you see leaving. Uh, you know, if you get all, if we, I mean, if we get this Corona stuff squared away, are you planning on trying to fish the BASS or any events out there? I'm going to do the BSS, the, that's the plan anyways, we'll see, you know, it's in August, so I feel like it should be good, good to go there, but yeah, I don't think so, because it is California, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think there's a KB, I think there's three tournaments in a row, like, if you go, go out there, I can do the Hobie at the Delta, then there's a KBF at Folsom that's scheduled right now, then a Bassmaster at Clear Lake. So yep. all three of those lakes, I've got a lot of history fishing them, and uh, kind of nervous. I feel pretty confident about Clear Lake, but the, the Delta has always been a struggle. I fish there so much, but it's always been kind of my nemesis. I've had some. Epic I heard it's kind of a different animal, though. Like you know, I heard It'll the Delta is pretty unpredictable. So fast. Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of what I've heard. It's just you just you got to really just go with your intuition and, and know realize that you know the tides are changing every day. Uh, the tides are it's an hour you know the high tide or low tide will be an hour later each day. Um, so and just the the the, the you know, rising and falling of the tides will just move fish in general. So you can get them one day on a high tide and all of a sudden the tide drops and all the bait moves out of the area and you know when the when the tide moves back up, that bait might not move back up. They might be long gone. So it's just uh, it's just constantly changing. You gotta, um, yeah, not get too locked into what was working. Is that like what happens when they open the floodgates here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what a tide is. <laughs> Old Hickory's kind of like like the Delta in a way too. <laughs> of it, where when that water it just fluctuates. Old Hickory, you know, they keep level. They, they, they were it's one of the few lakes here in Tennessee that and Gunnersville I guess are a couple that they don't have like summer and winter pool you know a lot of lakes will fluctuate five six feet uh, bowl hickory it stays pretty much consistent but it, once that water you know when that water's rising it's doing pretty good and when it's dropping uh, it'll really push them out of areas and sometimes it'll concentrate them make them predictable on like outside edges and you know isolated little pieces of cover and stuff but it for the most part, it, it can it can change quick there. Uh, Dwayne wants to know if you're going to be uh, at the Fort Gibson KBF Trail event. Is that on your agenda? Uh, is that the that's not the Tennessee River? That's one. in Oklahoma. No, that wasn't on my. When is it? I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> We, we have some, we've got some, some celebrities coming in. Uh, I saw um, collegiate angler Lee Rose Coza has joined us. Uh, hats off to her. Christine Fisher uh, from her Wild Week has, has joined us. Yeah, she's, uh, what, what's the she's date down on? there with the Cozas. What's that? What's the, what date is it? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I think it's in May. Like oh, this really? month or maybe in June. Oh, May or June. Dwayne, Dwayne's watching. Is it May or June, Dwayne? May 30th? Is it that week? Dwayne will answer here in a minute. It's it's coming up. The Beaver Lake one was supposed to be like a week or two ago, and it got canceled, obviously. Did uh, it? Fort Gibson is coming uh, right up here pretty soon. How about the, the KBF? There was a KBF. I was just asking my buddy Adam about it the other, just a little while ago. The KBF uh, in Knoxville, is that still? That's on the 6th. I was kind of 
thinking about that one maybe, but I don't know. I'm ready to get after it. So. There's going to be a lot of tournaments in a short amount of time when they do fire. It back is. I know. Wild. It's going to be a busy, busy fall, it seems like. Uh, this fall is going to be terrible, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is going to be rough. Yeah, right. usually that's about the time it starts slowing down. You just got a couple, you know, a couple in October, a couple in November, and that's, it's going to be every damn weekend now. Yeah, it's going to be wild. And the fall is going to be crazy. You got championships in the fall, plus regular tournaments, all just state championships. Yeah. Everything's just crammed into October, November. But it'll be it'll be fun. Even the, the you know, Elite Series I saw is going to run through November. I saw that, yeah. Uh, well, MLF, I was just talking to my buddy. He said MLF's getting started, I guess, June 6th. June 6th, yeah, but they, I think uh, they're dropping two events, they said. Are they? Well, they're going to yeah, they had two. it sounds that they like, can't. in the summer. That'll be interesting. Yeah. They've yeah. never done that, I don't think. So, Dwayne. Dwayne said it is the 23rd. That's yeah, Memorial that's Day weekend. I don't know the, the logic 23rd, behind that. 23rd, that's the same weekend as the... Uh, the Bass Super Nation Cup. chick. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. do that one. Yeah. steve wanted to know if you would guide him on that tournament on Chickamauga. Yeah, if you'll cancel on the father and son, Steve-O will pay you to guide him on the tournament. How about that? (laughs) I'll just sit there fish along with him and be his his coach. Is that what's up? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. That's a new thing. All right. Give him a little pat on the back every now and then. We'll take some uh, Coors Original banquet beers. We'll be ready to go. You know, lately there's been a lot of like rules that aren't really rules that people bring up. So maybe is there a rule about being coached? Maybe that's something you could do before it gets <laughs> Live coaching. I don't know. That's uh, That would be one to be addressed. That, that may be along the lines of the team fishing video we saw posted last oh, week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's frowned upon or not. You just make strong suggestions not really coach. I don't know how that would be. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, if you watch me fish and listen to the curse words I say, you can tell like what's not working. You like, can read it. You can read the room. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah you can figure it out. That's hilarious. Uh, so, Russ, I was going to ask you, you know, about your consistency and what what you do to stay consistent. But well, somebody else chimed in and said, "Hey, what's your favorite technique?" So maybe that'll answer that question. Do you have a favorite technique that travels no matter where you go? Or are you just throwing the box at them until you figure it out? I mean, I. I'm pretty comfortable. There's, you know, growing up, if there was ever a technique that I, I didn't feel confident in, I'd, that's the one I'd, I'd try to, you know, put some time in and learn it, you know, as much as I can. Uh, there's a few techniques I still, you know, like sp- I don't know a lot about spy baits. That's something I should probably get a little better at. But I'd say my favorite is I like power fishing, you know. I, I could finesse fish and drop shot and do all that too. But if I had a preference, I think I could put myself – at an advantage more if, if I'm power fishing. If I'm finesse fishing or shaky head fishing, I feel like I'm just more on a level, level playing field, but I'm I'm pretty pretty confident with just my, my casting abilities and just my effectiveness to, to pick apart shallow cover uh, and just, you know, make more casts than, than anybody else. It's, it's kind of, you know, if I can do that, I, I feel like I put myself at an advantage, so... Anytime I'm, uh, especially a swim jig, has been something I've got a lot of confidence in since moving out here. Um, just because you can also fish, you know, you can fish it around so much cover, and and you can you can find what the fish want by throwing it. Whether it's a faster retrieve or slower retrieve, sometimes I'll swim it and drop it down by something. And yeah. You can just learn a lot from from fishing that bait, and it just does so so many things. Um, it's just really versatile lure. 
So, are you a chatterbait guy or spinnerbait guy? If you had to pick one of them up, which one would it be? If I'm fishing around wood, spinnerbait. If I'm fishing around grass, a chatterbait. Right. That's what I would say. But, uh, but yeah, I love fishing both. I've, spinnerbait's kind of come back. I had a while, you know, even before I moved out here. The last, like, 10 years, I went a good chunk where I did not throw spinnerbaits that much. And then uh, a couple years ago, you know, I a lot of my success in these tournaments recently, uh, I've come on a spinnerbait. Um, so, it's yeah, good to get some confidence back in that, Lord. It's been a little while. I've gone... 33 years without throwing a spinnerbait much. Really? <laughs> Not a fan. I'll probably go 33 more. Yeah. <laughs> used to be my, I'm caught fish on a spinnerbait. That's not my comfort zone. I don't I don't I don't like it. I yeah. like the feel of that chatterbait. I like the the rattle of it. I know big Colorado blades. We'll throw them at night. I, that's one time that I will throw a spinnerbait religiously is is at night a big black spinnerbait, but other than that. Yeah. The man the man that taught me to fish, taught he's a spinnerbait. God, so that's all he does is throw spinner baits, and that's what I used to do. And, I, and I'm the same way, Russ. I don't hardly throw them anymore. I got a whole box. Yeah. Matter of fact, I got a giant box of original Terminators that just sit there. Yeah, uh, I probably make some money on those. I don't know. Yeah, I hear those are worth some money now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've always I've made all, a lot of my own lures. I, I, you know, a lot of the lures I throw, I make myself spinner baits, buzz baits, jigs, all of that chatter baits. Uh, some of them I'm, I'm pretty proud of. You know, my chatter baits are pretty. I'd say they're just as good, if not better, than the jackhammers. Ooh. But uh, some of the baits, my spinner baits, could use could use some work. They're not a lot of. There's just you know a lot to a spinner bait, which is the thickness of the wire and the you know the the just the, to find a good spinner bait really needs to be balanced correctly. Just the length, you know, from the lead head to where you. You make the line tie, the length of the wire, the separation between the blades, uh, and, uh, you know, some company, uh, War Eagles are really good. Uh, what Cody throw? was it Accent? Accent, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Santone. I've been, you know, using a couple. Usually I like to use all my own stuff, but my spinner baits, the, the heads that I got, I'm not, I haven't dialed those in quite yet. I catch fish on them, but there's there's better ones out there for sure. Call Jordan Marshall. He's a he's a spinnerbait master. He went down to Georgia and beat the hell out of them boys in the state championship with his own spinnerbait. Did he? Right. Yeah, I got to talk to him. Cody's been making some too. I've been talking to him, and he's he's been pouring his own lead and pouring. I mean, he's he's really dialing those things in too. Now, you're not selling your chatterbaits, right? You're just making them for yourself. No. Are you no, making it? Are you doing do like a, a direct attached blade and all of that kind of stuff, making it real similar? I got some of these, so I got about to get him in a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's okay if you don't sell them. I got I know. Stuff from, from Cast Industries. They you could buy. Uh, I mean, they got twenty <coughs> spinner bait. They got all the stuff to make your own jigs and spinner baits. You got to buy them wholesale, and you got to buy a hundred at a time. You know, if you want three eight ounce spinner baits, you got to buy a hundred of them. Uh, so I got, you know, it's a big investment in the beginning, but it, it's definitely paid for itself now. And those chatter baits I got, you can't get those heads anymore. They call them a three eighths, but really it's like just under half, a half ounce. And, but now they won't sell those cause chatterbait got the, the patent on that head. So you can't have any chatterbait with a direct, you know, attachment for the blade and the, yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. But, oh, yeah. but yeah, I can't. I got about sixty of them left, and, and those things are like gold to me because yeah. I got them dialed in pretty good, and, and they catch them. We got a guy here that makes. He sends them all over the country, but he makes jigs and, and different custom lures. And he made chatterbaits, and he made them 
that way, and he got the call here not long ago to see some Did he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't, I'd get in trouble if I sold them anyways, but at least I got yeah. some for myself. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Let's see. Do you think they outside? So your what's your what's your what's your biggest win? Like in your mind, what's what's your? Or it doesn't even have to be a win. What's your your you know kind of highlight tourney finish? Well, it'd be one of these last few. I don't know. I'd maybe say the. Uh, you had what? The, you, the AOY. You had the ten. You had probably the trail state championship. Yeah, be, you had BOS the, fork. I mean. <laughs> It'd have to be the trail, the trail series championship because well, I won the, the state championship was a big deal. I, I won that for here in Tennessee, and I literally left. I went straight from there, went home, packed up some more. You know, took two hours, packed up some stuff, and went straight to straight to Wisconsin. And uh, you know, I was in uh, I was in fifth place for for the Angler of the Year points national for national Angler of the Year points, and I, I just missed winning the regional angler of the year to Cody. He beat me out by like a couple points. <laughs> and uh, so I just missed out on that. I knew there was, you know, I had a prayer at least to, to, to walk away with that AOI, but I knew it was a slim chance. The only way I had, you know, could win it was pretty much to win the tournament and have all four guys above me, which are all, you know, Matt Scotch and Cody and I think Derek Brundle. And, you know, all four of them would have to, to, to not do so well. And I, I couldn't believe it happened, and it just all kind of worked out. It was, it was a pretty surreal moment. Uh, and what? Where, how much uh, was that? Was that twenty? Was that twenty grand or something? No, I wasn't in the. Uh, so I wasn't in the challenge series or uh, championship because they had the, the the trail series championship, the challenge series championship was all like the monthly challenges and all that stuff, and then the pro series championship, which is really just the. You know, the pro series is just like a side bet, more or less. On yeah, oh yeah, if that was fishing, so still fishing. That's a perfect tournaments. description. Yeah, yeah, uh, but so I didn't, I didn't do those, and if I would have, uh, I missed out on twenty thousand. So I, I think I got about five thousand for the trail series championship. But Josh, who got yeah. in the tournament, he ended up winning the trail series, or the challenge series, and the pro series. So he got an extra twenty grand. Uh, but I won five grand for the tournament. I also won uh, another ten grand for for the Angler of the Year too. And the Angler of the Year title is probably the, the the biggest accomplishment. What's that feel like when you go to the mailbox and and you got a fifteen thousand dollar check sitting there? Yeah, no, it's pretty good. I can't I can't complain. It's uh, yeah, it's more money I've ever I've ever made fishing. Not bad for kayak fishing, huh? No, not at all, man. The uh... Now, when you say you rolled out to Wisconsin, have you have you been up there before? Are you familiar with that area? I've never been up there, no. So it was, it was a whole different animal, and some of the stuff kind of carried over. There was a lot of grass up there, hydrilla and stuff like that. And it, uh, but the fish were definitely different. They looked different. They're just, I've never yeah. seen, like, really pure, pure strain largemouth like that. It's a wild it place, man. Me of, uh, yeah, it was. It was, it was a wild place, and, I would really. It was a it was tough fishing, though. I, you know, I found a good area. I didn't catch a lot of fish, but the area that I was in, it was just they were all like those three to four pound fish. You know, seventeen to twenty inches. Uh, it was, you know, I was catching more over seventeen than I was under. That's for sure. So yeah. Um, I, again, it was an area I had all all of myself. So it was, it was a cool experience. 
That's that's awesome. I, I've been up there once uh, for an event, and I didn't know what to expect, and and you know, was just blown away by how diverse and how wild the landscape is up there. You know, I see the Mississippi yes. River when I cross over it going to Tennessee, and it just looks like a nasty butthole. Yeah, uh, but you get oh, up there, and you get up there, and it's uh, it's beautiful. I love to fish it. We had a big cold front came through. Uh, I could see how how you know summertime and uh, when that frog bite's going. I, I haven't experienced that, but I, I could see how that would be just. I mean, it looks like frog heaven there. Yeah. You're gonna go up for the BLS event, maybe? Is that on the list in July? I think it con conflicts with something. I wanted to go up there really bad, but I think it's one of the clear like the Clear Lake or the the. I think it is. Yep. It's one of the. I the think it is the Clear Lake. Clear Lake, I think. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out west. I'm gonna drive. I was gonna fly out. Um, yeah, I was gonna fly out there, but and just get like buy a kayak to kind of keep. Cause I go out there so often, you know, once or twice a year. I was like, man, I just need to keep a couple kayaks at my dad's place here, and that way when I when I fly out there, and you know, just buy some old little beater truck, and I'm always having to borrow stuff when I go out there. But I made it decision since I'll be out there for for a month, I'm gonna just drive, make the drive, and. Um, yeah, and, and do that. I got my truck all set up now to, to camp out in, and uh, did a bunch of work on. That's one of the kind of the projects I've been doing here the last couple of months. Is I uh, put a couple big Dakota lithium batteries in the. Uh, basically, what I did, I ripped out my back seats and my dry, and my passenger seat. And I, I built a couple boxes, uh, a couple big giant storage boxes, and they they lock and everything and. Uh, they have, you know, some memory foam on top so I can sleep on top of it. It's just a big, big platform. Uh, but inside one of the boxes, I put a couple hundred amp hour Dakota lithiums in there. And uh, I got a special like Red Arc charging system that basically uses the alternator to charge those batteries. Uh, so when I'm running it, it'll keep those batteries topped off. And then I have a, uh, a power inverter, 1500 watt power inverter. Uh, so I can actually charge my uh, my uh, fish finder batteries. I got a couple of these like Ryobi batteries or GoPro batteries, or uh, run a little. I just did a little camping trip on the on the uh, Buffalo River and the campsite we were at. There's no electric there, so we're running a little coffee maker, and uh, eventually I might put a little mini fridge in there. But you get any video yeah, walk through that thing, man? You get any any kind yeah, of yeah? I got to do that. I got it all finally finished up right now, and. Uh, that's definitely something that's on my list. I don't know that's all, all good to go. But it, it's been, uh, yeah, it's a fun little, you know, self-sustainable vehicle. So I, I can just kind of sleep in the truck and, um, yeah, have everything I need and not, you know, be dependent on on electric to, to charge. Basically, you know, mostly just my uh, fish finder batteries, most importantly. So talking about this kind of stuff, we, you know, there's several anglers that that travel all around just you know from tournament to tournament uh Siddiqui, stewart cody milton like how important christine sorry don't mean to leave her out how important do you feel like is that ability like if they go down to a, a certain amount of you know pre-fishing three days of pre-fishing or something on these tournaments how how big of a difference do you think that's going to make taking that that kind of unlimited time on the water away do you think uh, it's going to level the playing field a lot? Like, what do you, what are you taking? Well, why is it going to be taken? I don't understand your question. No, so, I mean, that's one of the topics of discussion. Like, should, should these, you know, BASS and Hobie, should they limit 
Oh, pre fishing, like have official like pre fishing windows. Yeah, like so you yeah. can't go fish for three weeks on a on a lake or something. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's pros and cons to that. I mean, if somebody's willing to to put in, I mean, my you know, I guess my mindset is like a good way to win is to to outwork the competition, whether it's map studies or time on the water or. Um, you know, and if you limit that, I mean, maybe it makes it does make it somewhat more level playing field for the people that that can't put in as much work. But I guess the people that that do have the time and do want to put the commitment in, uh, you know, it sucks a little bit for them, I guess. But I mean, I see both sides, and um, you know, whatever, whichever way it is, I'm I'm down to compete either way. In your opinion, how like how do you see like do you ever see a pro like truly pro uh you know kayak series and i don't mean guys that make enough money to survive in a year i mean you know like rvs like you just travel a circuit and it's these 25 50 anglers that are fully sponsored everything's paid for and they go around and fish this circuit like how do you think that's going to happen do you see that happening um I guess it, you know, a lot of it depends on <laughs> with everything going on right now. A lot of industries are going to be affected, and a lot of it oh, just yeah. comes down to sponsor money and uh, how much these. Well, that's you know, the first thing that gets cut. Yeah, no, I know. I remember seeing it back, you know, when I was in California through like 2008 when that uh, when that recession hit, uh, especially out in California. There was, you know. Uh, the boat industry because of gas prices and everything, you know, the whole, the sponsor money just went away like pretty quick. And there, there's, you know, everybody's early two thousands. I remember a lot of people were getting a lot of sponsor money and there's a lot of people, you know, being able to live off of that. And then, uh, you saw it go away pretty quick in 2008 after that, that recession. And it, it took a while. Just, you know, I don't even know if it really bounced back to what it was like in the early two thousands, but it's, you know, it did improve, but, yeah, so a lot of it's just going to be what what happens, you know. I think in the next, you know, where it's hard to predict the future, I guess. But uh, if that sponsored money's there and the industries are doing good and those, you know, those companies are making money and they can afford to to sponsor those anglers, then that opportunity, I'm sure, is there. But uh, it's a big question mark probably yeah. at this point. I'd say in order to live on the road, wouldn't you guys say that uh, entry fees and prize pots? I mean, entry fees would have to be several thousand dollars for each event. Uh, in order to make the prize pots feasible, don't you think? I, several thousand? I don't know about several thousand. I don't. I don't event, think that it needs to get to that level. I can see if it gets. You know, I think that three to four hundred dollar range is is probably if it was at that level. That probably puts enough money for people to. Well, I mean, I think the pro guys survive because they pay down so far a good amount. Like you can finish fortieth and still get a ten thousand dollar check. Yeah, but you know, so, I mean? so but that's, expenses, that's bonus the biggest money. Thing, though. though, is the difference in expenses between owning a kayak and owning a bass boat. I mean, it's huge. A lot of that money. I mean, to do the, to you know, to do uh, high level, you know, elite series or FLW, any of that, you need like fifty, sixty thousand uh, dollars just between the the entry fees, Interest. the hotels, the gas, the registration, the boat repairs. All that stuff for well, like the elites. There's just what fifty fraction of that. It's fifty or sixty for entries for the elites because I, you know, Skylar Hamilton. That's what he was saying. He's like, I sell my boat every year 
to pay my entries for the next year. He's like, that's, you know, that's part of it. I mean, these guys are surviving. They're surviving on their sponsor money. Anything they win is a plus, and that's exposure for their sponsors. Right. If they're not finishing, you know, you've got some guys that have kind of built their own brand that they will, they'll always be in the game because they have that following in place. But, you know, the guys that aren't winning, that aren't cutting checks, I mean, if they're not getting that exposure for their sponsors, their days are numbered. It's kind of a, you know, put out or get out mentality. Kayak Fisherman, I think we may see 500 to to $1,000 entries. But the biggest thing for us is going to be exposure. Like, how can we show these companies value? You know, what's going to get people turning their heads, looking at us and paying attention to what products we're using or, you know, kind of who we're promoting. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. And, you know, we've obviously had a thread going on KBN about the five live stuff. <clears throat> this is something that we've talked about, you know, for a year or so. I think that not the five live format at all. That's not at all what I'm saying. But I think having a live camera on the kayak throughout the day, I think that is going to be something that comes into play where you can sell TV time. You can have something live on an app for people to follow along with. You can yeah. click your favorite angler and see what they're doing throughout the day. And also I think it's going to take away that cheating element, you know, where some people might not get caught doing some stuff unless there's a camera boat near. Like I, I think there, you know, I think that would, would ease a lot of people's minds. Cause I know we've had a lot of cheating scandals in kayak fishing. Like that's not a secret. So I think that would give us something that, that we could leverage, you know, as a safety net, but also as promotion to kind of draw in some bigger sponsors. Yeah. Having the live feed, I mean, just, you know, when Bassmaster Live came out with uh, with their live feed, it was uh, it was really a game changer. And just the, the fan base, I think it really increased the fan base and made it, you know, more of a viewable uh, product for, for, for people to, to learn from and, um yeah, to follow along, get to know the personalities. I mean, all that it does a lot for it. And eventually, kayak fishing, you know, like you said, if it if it we can get it on that level. And the biggest thing is just it's just so hard with cell phone service. If we, you know, it's if we can get it clear. Like once it gets to the point where there's maybe with that five G, there's gonna you know there'll be cell phone service everywhere, and <laughs> well, it's, then we won't uh, won't need to worry about it. Yeah, it's like Ryan said that the. the the live streaming is, is going to be important, but the, the equipment to pull it off is, is very expensive. And the quality, to have it be a quality product, like it, when it's working half of the time and half the time it's not working, people, you know, that's kind of a deterrent for people to, like, all right, well, screw this. But yeah. if it gets to work... I don't it's think it's going to be based on cell phone signal. You know, like, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be something like a Wi-Fi jetpack signal booster it's going to have to be sent to a truck you know just like mlf does it and then streamed from there like i don't think i don't think we can rely on cell phone signal we've seen that i mean that we, uh, the five live thing proved it you have this choppy little video and and that's, that's which is fun. fine you know i mean you feel like just with the advancement of technology like it's it's on the way and it's you know pretty soon i think once it gets to that point where where it can just be more consistent, we can have all those pieces in, in place. Uh, it's you know that's it's, should create a promising future for our for, for our industry. I'll tell you this, guys. I don't know. At the uh, Logan Martin event, Old Town did the product launch the morning of the tournament, uh, right there on the shores of the lake. Uh, 
and they live streamed it and they had a van backed up there and it looked like they were going to launch a nuclear missile out of the back of that van to, in order to pull off that one live stream just from the shores of the of the bank not out following people around or anything like that so definitely an undertaking but definitely something we can do uh yeah know, given the right well, that's exciting i think it'll that'll definitely grow the sport and i mean the sport's growing anyway i don't see it you know with all this stuff going on too if you know it's a more affordable way I, I see a lot of bass boat anglers you know like myself and i keep hearing more and more that are uh you know deciding to leave the bass boat world and, and get into the kayak thing and it, it just makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways the roi so, man the roi is better i think like you said there's not as many expenses uh, for sure it is yeah well, we're, we're pushing up against an hour we usually go hour a little over an hour depending uh this conversation is going good. We could probably go for an hour and a half or two. That's what stuff we're talking about. But um, I wanted to ask you something before we got off here for sure, which is I know you're probably supported by different companies with all the success you've had, but I don't know that you're supported by a specific bro brand because right now you're fishing out of two different brands. Is that right? For, as far as kayak? Yeah, yeah, kayaks. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, my first kayak, first one I ever got, I'm still fishing out of. It's a Wilderness Systems Attack 120. Had it. It's about three and a half years now, and uh, yeah, I've been been really happy with that boat. It doesn't it's it's good for certain things, certain things it isn't good for, but it's it's good shallow water boat and nice and lightweight. I don't need a trailer, and um, yeah, and I've gotten used. That's what I've I started. You know, I, I fished out of kayaks a few times before, but never like a legit fishing kayak. You right. know? Uh, so that's what I've gotten comfortable with and, and learned, and you know, I, I really like it. Um, uh, in that state championship last year, I won a, a native Titan uh, 12, and I uh, yeah I decided I was going to sell it and just you know decided to hang on to it and uh, opportunity came at the the Hobie event you know and I, I couldn't use I have a, a torpedo on my attack uh, so since I couldn't use the, uh, the torpedo and you know I was like all right I'll try out this native it's a good chance to to try this out and uh since it's allowed in the, in the hobie tournaments and uh so yeah i still got I remember the first first couple it took a couple of days to to kind of get used to and get a feel i think anytime you get a new kayak you just you know it's it's a big change from what i was in so uh it has its pros and, and cons compared to compared to the wilderness uh attack but um yeah i'll be using that for the for the hobie events this year and um yeah, so, so I, I got so. been approached by somebody. Or have you just? I've been to... approached, but the thing is, that's the thing is, I don't want to right now. I don't know if I necessarily want to be locked down. There isn't one boat really that can that can do it do it all. Um, so I love for, for shallow water fishing. And, uh, you know, and when I can run that torpedo that that attacks a great boat, there is a you know a couple little things that a couple little. I think no, no boat's perfect. You know, there's right. a couple little things. Uh, I don't like about the attack. Uh, this, but the, the bonafide, you know, is, is pretty similar. It seems uh, it's almost like a clone. <laughs> but they've, uh, you know, they they raise the, the the seats a little bit higher. So there's a few, you know, there's pros and cons of each boat. Yeah. There's things I like, you know, about the attack better than the bonafide. But right now, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, just not. Just don't want to limit myself in any ways or put sure. myself at any kind of disadvantage. And by being committed to one brand, uh, a lot of times, you know, you are putting yourself at a disadvantage. I feel like. Well, if you're a kayak, you should watch unlimit this. yourself. 
Oh my God, what? Ryan. <laughs> I said you should unlimit yourself like several anglers have recently. Unlimit yourself, Russ. Hashtag. Ugh. Hey, but if, you, if there is a kayak <laughs> company watching, man, let, let the bidding wars begin. They need to, somebody needs to snatch Russ Snyder's up on the team. Uh, maybe him. two, maybe two companies. You could be the first angler to be sponsored by two different companies. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? That probably wouldn't fly. We'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah, but no, yeah that's, that's, it. that's cool though. You're doing you. You do maybe what fits you. That's perfect. Maybe that's the next merger for wilderness. Maybe wilderness and and is it Pelican? Maybe they will merge with Native and Bonafide now. Well, what will the slogan be then? The right? whole it's like the, the Ranger buy I think Nitro and all that. All those bass boats are all owned by one company too. Yeah, bottom them all out. But Monopoly man, we'll see. I've been in a Hobie a little bit too. I got Matt Scotch's Outback. I thought that was a, a pretty cool boat. Um, yeah, it took a little. It's again, I didn't spend enough time in it to really get comfortable. I felt you know whenever you have to like think about. Whenever it's not second nature and you got to like think about what you're doing before you do it, uh, it's it's always the challenging part. And kind when of I got in the Hobie, it confused me. The cords, all the cords, yeah, like yeah. rudders and like in the pro angler, it's rudder, transducer, skeg. And I was like, oh gosh, like it just, my mind's not big enough for that. But that Outback is a sweet boat. If, if it were me, if they would design a higher seat in the Outback, Yes. I would love that thing. I would freaking love I mean, honestly, it's lightweight, super fast, it paddles great. You gotta have a higher seat. Like that's that's the one, you know, the one recommendation <laughs> I would definitely make on that little rig. Yeah. I put my nine year old daughter in it uh day before yesterday. Dude, she was freaking smoking in that thing. And we were fishing in a little smallmouth area and I look up and she's like two hundred yards down from me, standing up throwing her swim bait and i was like sit down like we're in current i'm like sit down what are you like come on now kid she's like dad come on now she's like i did gymnastics i can balance on this I was like oh gosh doing cartwheels killing me killing me hey uh, clifton asked what rod brand you use russ say again what rod brand you use or prefer oh i rod i rod okay That's there it is right on the hat i rod yeah yeah, I've been really happy with them, uh, with them it's a couple of years now, and uh, yeah, they just you know they really get dialed into to technique specific rods, and they just uh, they got a really wide range, good selection, and uh, yeah, they, they they kill it. Great customer service. So awesome. I, I've been I've been really happy with them. Very cool. And uh, are you, before we get out of here, just a minute, are you on the uh, the YouTube thing? You got a YouTube channel and any of that kind of stuff where people can find you? Yeah, I started a, a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago. It's kind of funny, actually. So, so back when I lived in California and I was doing all the guiding and stuff, I was actually making I was making YouTube videos. And they're not good by any means, but at the time, like this is before GoPros were even. I was back in like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I was just making. I had a little camcorder and a tripod, and I'd prop it up on my back seat, and I'd have to run back and forth all the time, and. I was making some just some YouTube videos that are pretty similar to what people make today, but not probably not near as good with the editing quality. I mean, people really stepped it up, but they weren't even that good. And I get like 60, 70, 80, you know, 100,000 views just because there was nothing to watch. There was, I was like one of the first, you know. Are they still, still on there? Still making YouTube. They're still on there, All yeah. Right. We got to look it up now. Soon. But I got most of my guide trips. I got most of my guide trips from those YouTube videos. Uh, a good amount. I stayed busy guiding. And it was all just from those silly videos I made. And 
you know, I, I took a bit, you know. I Katie out here. Mac, I, I knew she was going to do that shit. <laughs> She's clutch, man. She put the link in there to your channel already. Did in the comments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, put, I made a reset. I'm like, all right, I want to get back. I kind of was going to get back into guiding out here, kind of focusing on the rivers and stuff like that. I'm doing the lakes, too. Um, and, uh, you know, I started all, and I was doing the tournaments, and the tournament thing just kind of took off so much that I kind of, spent you know most of my focus on the tournament fishing rather than really promoting my, my guide service but i made a few you know a few little videos and i spent even more time doing all the editing i spent a lot of time trying to put it together and, you know a couple months ago by i get like 200 views and i'm like screw this um, you know I, I guess it just takes a while now there's just so much information so much competition everybody's doing it in order to stand out and really get a fan base for that you gotta you gotta put in a lot of work and it's a lot of effort uh to really make something out of it but, but maybe in the in the future like i said with as far as social media stuff and youtube stuff um it just i like to try to spend as much time as i can just focusing on fishing and uh all that other stuff you know can kind of be in a distraction and kind of take your head out of the game if you get too wrapped up in it and I actually like podcasts a lot because you know you can get you know get it done in an hour and talk about it. And it reaches a lot of people and uh, you know. Oh man, that's one of the one, one of the reasons I wanted to start this one. Ryan and I was I listen to him every time I go to a tournament or just drive somewhere. He's popping on. Yeah. It's, it's great. I mean, our audio podcast gets as many or well probably more listens than than the live live videos. Yeah. You know, when we, when yeah, we yeah, on yeah for sure. Yeah, but, they're uh, great. I was just. Listen to so. crazy podcasts there. They're a little, little Joe Rogan, Elon Musk. I don't know if you guys heard that. That's Dude, Elon Musk is pissed. He's about to roll out of California. <laughs> That's what I heard. My dad was just They done made him mad. Hey, right before I got on Twitter, man, he said he was opening the factory and going to work the line, and if they're going to arrest somebody, it's going to be him. He said that today. <laughs> yep. So I like that. He's bringing boy. heat. That's a leader. That's a leader on the front lines. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm a fan. He's doing good things. Yeah. So, well, uh, Ryan, you got anything else before we get out of here, man? I'm good, buddy. Good, Russ. Anything else you want to relay to your super fans no, out there? Uh, yeah, I really appreciate you guys uh, giving me opportunity to, to hang out and and talk with you. And uh, yeah, yeah, I really like to, to thank all my sponsors: uh, Hook One Outfitters, uh, I Rock Fishing, and most recently added Dakota Lithium uh, Batteries to sign off with them about a month ago and uh they really doing a lot to support me and i appreciate uh all that they do and I, again i appreciate you guys uh, yeah giving me a chance to come on here and uh and have this conversation yeah, with awesome we appreciate you and uh, we'll be looking for that video on the walk through your truck with all the batteries yeah, that'll be coming up soon <laughs> i gotta do that so. yeah man all right well yeah. hey we're gonna get another guest lined up here in the next week or so we appreciate everybody getting on here with this new monday night time slot uh, being patient, yeah. patient with us coming no on. Problem. Appreciate you guys being flexible and finally getting the, the chance. I know it's been a little difficult. Things kept coming up. And, yeah. Uh, but I'm happy with it. That's all good, man. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. All let's, right. Let's uh, get back let's to tournament fishing, huh? Yeah, Ryan. I can't wait. All right. Dude, I know. I know. You, you, you need to skip that guide tomorrow. trip and come fish. <laughs> Dude. I'm going to need it. It better be turning on. It's This should be the last little cold night that we have, I think. It's supposed to start warming back up. So It sure messed it up. We'll it's been tough fishing around here last week with that 
It's that cold nights and the full moon together. I don't know what the heck's going on. And it's, yeah, I'm gonna it's find some tomorrow. All right, Stay tuned. I'm gonna it's find time. It's time. Time to light them <laughs> up. But uh, yeah, like I said, we're gonna wrap this thing up. And we'll see you guys here in about a week or so. All, All right. right.